Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll have alleged Ron Jeremy victim Leanne Young as our special guest on our 150th episode. At Adult Site Broker, we've doubled our affiliate payouts on ASB Cash. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us, you'll receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out asbcash.com for more details and to sign up. We've also added an events section to our website at adultsitebroker.com. Now you can get information on B2B events on our website, as well as special discounts reserved for our clients. Go to adultsitebroker.com for more details. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a tube site that has full-length BDSM videos for free. The site is built on WordPress and is four years old. They're currently the only free tube providing premium BDSM videos, and it's been reduced in price. They regularly add user requests and user-provided content after moderation. The owner started the site out of frustration because there was nothing else out there like it, and he wanted to visit such a site. It soon became popular on Reddit, and business soared. The owner has decided to move on to other ventures outside the adult industry. The site's visitors come back again and again due to its uniqueness. They have over 13,000 premium videos, and most of them are 30 minutes or longer. With more videos and categories, the site can do even better. Most of the traffic is from Tier 1 countries. There's no advertising being done for the site. All of the traffic is either type-in or from SEO. This is a great opportunity for someone with existing traffic. Now only $235,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Leanne Young. Leanne, thanks for being back with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. You are most welcome. Now Leanne is one of the UK's leading advisors on adult entertainment, sex, and relationships. She started her mainstream career in 2002, appearing on shows such as The Jeremy Kyle Show, The Trisha Goddard Show, How to Have Sex After Marriage, and several other mainstream productions as a sex and relationships advisor and porn industry expert. She is additionally known for covering events such as AVN, XBiz, Prowler Awards, and other adult events around a variety of lifestyles and the adult industries. Leanne had an illustrious career as an adult actress in the U.S. after being recruited to the country from her native England. She was known as the porn queen of the U.K. During her time in America, she was allegedly attacked by Ron Jeremy at a nightclub party in West Hollywood in 2000. She waived her rights to staying anonymous and was one of the 20 women who have accused Jeremy of rape and sexual assault. She was asked by the LAPD to come to LA and she gave evidence to a grand jury. Recently, of course, Jeremy has been deemed unable to stand trial because of dementia and now he's being committed to a mental institution. 
After her ordeal, Leanne became a counselor, helping others who have suffered sexual violence, working a lot with sex workers worldwide. Leanne, first of all, I am just so sorry about all the horrible things you've had to experience due to this monster. Now, I've seen you quoted on many occasions about the pain this experience has brought back for you. What did you go through having to testify to the grand jury? Well, Bruce, it's been one hell of a journey. Well, first of all, you know, I, I was contacted by the LAPD after mm-hmm. I had spoke, spoken to the LA Times. Right. And from that moment, you you know, they, they interviewed me and then they asked me about what happened. I told them, they asked if there was witnesses. I said, yes. They went and, you know, interviewed those witnesses. And about three weeks later, they contacted me and said he'd been formally charged with my rape. Mm. And for me, it that was, you know, your whole world turns upside down. It's something yeah. you just don't expect. Right. And then, of course, we had COVID, but I still had to travel in person to give evidence at the grand jury. And now I've never covered a grand jury before. So I'd gone through a lot of stress with this change in my whole life. And then I'm flown out by the American government and under protection from the American government. And when I say protection, I was under 24-hour protection from the minute I got on that flight until the minute I left the USA. It was very horrendous. I was sleeping in the same hotel as you, next door, Mm. changing shift. And there's nothing that can mentally appear you for a grand jury. I mean, that is, it was like 20 plus jurors Mm -hmm. asking you very intimate questions. And, you know, you're, I mean, as you know, you know, in England, we pronounce words very differently to the US. And I was getting very, I was getting told, please speak yes or no, not yeah. (laughs) But it was very, very, very traumatic experience because- I did not know what to expect. I was under a mm. lot of um, nervous tension. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I'd had no sleep. I was tired. Sure. And, you know, to be taken to the courtroom in the morning, very fortunate. They did have a, like, um, a therapy dog, and the dog really calms you down, so that was good. <laughs> oh, um, that's good. Yeah, that was really good. And we were put in a private room away from everybody else. But actually going into the courtroom is so intimidating and daunting. Mm. And it was the most traumatic experience I've ever gone through. You know, they had Ron's picture on the screen while asking me questions. And it's almost oh, nice. like you're, you're reliving everything all over again. And I managed to get through the questions. And then afterwards, they're allowed to ask you to elaborate on many questions, which I did. I was so glad. When it, I mean, I, I, I absolutely broke down and sobbed my heart the minute I walked out of the actual jury room. I'm sure. It was absolutely horrendous, and you're not allowed to speak to anybody. So to say it was one of the most overwhelming experiences I've had in my life would not be underestimating it. And you couldn't talk to anybody, so you really couldn't pour your heart out, which has got to be the worst part. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, for the whole couple of years, I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. I was having therapy via the Met Police, another outreach department. It said, you can't go through this without talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. So we're giving you a counsellor. and well, that's good. That, yeah, that really, really helped me because I was having nightmares and it's in your head every mm-hmm. single day. You're yeah. reliving that encounter and yeah. that assault every single minute. And yeah, it completely got the better of me at one stage. Oh, I'm sure. So... When he was deemed unfit to stand trial, 
What was your reaction? I was absolutely gutted because obviously we'd been pulled in to give evidence and, you know, been really put through the mill. And then to be told that he wasn't fit to stand trial was an absolute, oh, my stomach, it's as if it had been punched so hard. And when the public get to hear something, we hear about it before it goes public. Mm -hmm. So again, we had to suffer in silence. And I went through several emotions. I was really angry because if they knew when they arrested him that there may be some uh, mental condition, why drag us through that before finding out? If he had mental capacity, you know, to have a victim completely have to relive their experience for a couple of years, mind, because he kept delaying the trial and using every different excuse, you know, there is. So at one stage, I do feel that he was mentally capable, capable of standing trial and he delayed that. And I think that it was almost like he had the upper hand again. And it was devastating, absolutely devastating. And I'm sure all the delays also had to be difficult. Oh, my God. From delay to delay, just, you know, for the, for a couple of days beforehand, waiting to find out, you don't sleep. And no. it's in your brain 24-7, and you mm. can't talk to anybody. And yeah. so you're, it's almost like being a victim all over again, again, and again, and again. And, you know, and you've got to read online other people's opinions, which sure. is very... You know, so you're being attacked online. I've had inbox mm. messages attacking me online. Nice. Um, it, it, yeah, sick so people. They are really sick. And it's like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. one of those people that I care more about my character than my reputation. If people mm-hmm. have a bad image of me because I've come forward, then I really don't care. <laughs> fuck um, Pretty much in, in flight with, yeah, yeah. fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember the delays. And it got to the point where, not for you, but it got to the point for a lot of people where it almost became a joke. Like, what's the delay going to be about this time? You know? It was. It was more like it became a circus act. That's how it felt. And and it kind of felt that I was just, oh, I mean, it's hard to put into words. I felt like a pawn in their game in the end because we kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And and, and I just... You know, it, it's hard to go through a case that is a few years mm-hmm. old. And, and many people say, oh, why didn't she come tw- forward 20 years ago? And w- we would have, but we would we were convinced that we would not be listened to. And we were told that yeah. nobody would listen to us and that he had, you know, he had pleas on the inside. And so, you know, nobody yeah. was going to believe us because we had done adult movies ourselves. So in All a way, right. it was almost like we got told we deserved it. So Jeremy's like the Harvey Weinstein of porn. Uh, They're both horrible creatures, but unfortunately, Jeremy hasn't uh, gotten the wrath of the law like Weinstein has. Why do you think that is? Oh, you know, I think they left it way too late. I mean, everybody knows that Von's been poured in by the police over many decades on different encounters. And I just think that because he was a household name, whereas Weinstein was, you know, he was somewhat of a household name, but behind the camera, whereas Jeremy mm-hmm. was in the camera, he, he was popular. He was a comic. He could laugh about himself and he let other people laugh about him. Right. And I think and I think that this was the greatest performance of his life, mm. delaying, delaying this case and making out that he was innocent. Right. And I just, I think that it just got dragged along for so long that he was then un- unable to stand trial. Yeah. Um, whether we'll find out whether this is his, his most famous uh, acting role or whether he will be <laughs> proved to be totally unfit. 
Yeah. We have, we have, because the court case doesn't end for us because no. every, every three months he's going to be assessed and then we get yeah. told the outcome. So for us, we yeah. literally, never ends. it never ends for us. And yeah. I think, you know, with the Weinstein case, he was so um, prolific in Hollywood as a mainstream star that they had to do right. something and they had to do it quick. Yeah. And with the Ron case, they, you know, sometimes I think to myself, it's so unfair that, Vaughn has not had the same treatment as Weinstein because he yeah. should have. You know, he's put in a mental hospital. And I hope that is just like one flew over the cuckoo nest. And I do hope. Exactly. Exactly. I hope he gets yeah. I hope he gets the equivalent of Nurse Ratched. Absolutely. So do I. Or um, worse. It, oh, and worse. And there's already <laughs> been articles saying that he's been abusing nurses when he's in hospital. I mean, this is his character. Me. Exactly. His character was allowed to get away with too much, and I, yep. th- there is no reason why he got treated differently. I think it was just right. timing. Well, I got to meet him only once, and disgusting human being. That's all I can say. I was kind of disgusted at the time. I was just like, Oof. anyway, yeah, it's um, disgusting. Yeah, very much so. So, talk about if you would the incident itself. I'm going to assume. You had worked with a guy before. Can you talk about what about what happened that night? Um, yes, I'm more than happy to. Uh, I, I will make something clear first. I have never worked with Ron Jeremy. Okay. There was three okay. things that I followed, three rules I followed for myself in pornography. Never work with anybody underage, never work with animals, and never work with Ron Jeremy. <laughs> and that was my three... Um, pointers. Well, and the two, the last two, the last two are kind of uh, one and the same, wouldn't you say? Animals oh, and abs- uh, yeah, animals yeah. and one definitely. This oh yeah. gosh, yeah. they they do. They make it makes me sick. Yeah. Um, so so for me, he had tried to approach me in that in the rainbow room sometimes before mm-hmm. and invited me to a party, and I made my excuses to get out. And then he said, "Oh, he'd love me to work for his company," and I never did. Mm-hmm. And I. I I felt that on that first instance, I'd met him in the Rainbow Room and got introduced to him, that he was untowards. And I'd heard rumours about him, so I was mm-hmm. very good at looking after my own safety. However, um, there was a Halloween event at the House of Blues, and it, you know mm-hmm. there was a space specifically for the adult staff. We had our own private area. And I literally had my back turned. I had not seen Ron in that room before then. I'd had my back turned I was stood there with Alana Evans and a former housemate and I was pushed over the table from behind out of complete out of nowhere and I was pushed onto the table and his penis was already erect he put it in me and I fought myself off he had literally come out from a dark place with intention to do what he did wow and wow when you are in that situation it was almost like your mm-hmm. automatic reaction is to fight yeah and I slapped him, as I managed to fight him off, I slipped, slapped him around the face. And I said, how fucking dare you? And he had no expression and he just disappeared into the dark room again. And people around me, you know, there were there were many people who saw it. And yeah. it was only Alana Evans um, yeah. who really said, she could see the state of me because I was, I was screaming and then I started crying. And she goes, come on, we need to get outside. Let's go and have a cigarette. It doesn't surprise me that it was Alana. I, I finally met her at the uh, LAX biz, by the way. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Very nice. Oh, great. She's very, she's very, very nice. Trying to get her, trying to get her on this, uh, on this program. She said she would. So, 
you might want to put in a good word. <laughs> of, of course I will. I mean, that girl's okay. been a complete ally for me. She also testified for me in the court case. Good. Um, so she, she had to give evidence at the grand jury as well. And yeah. So I'm sorry you were telling the you were you were telling the story. No, it's, it's, it's cool. You know, I mean, you know, I said to Alana at the time and a few others, I said, you know, what do I do there? Because well, there's no point going to the police because he has insider, the police officer friends, and nobody would believe you because you're done porn. It and and number three, you're not American, you're English, so they really won't care. And we were made to feel that we were worthless, that we couldn't nice. report it. Wonderful. Yeah, it was almost like, well, that's wrong. That's how you accept him. And no, I don't accept that behavior. He should have been stopped many, many, many years ago. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, he's still not officially stopped. So exactly. he was famous for sexually abusing and violating women on set for a very long time. Did you ever experience any of that in those days from any other male performer? Yes, there was many times that I was on set and there was girls supposed to be doing solo shoots. Mm-hmm. And then the director would be trying, saying, oh, can I just put my hand there? Can I put my hand there? And these girls were really young and new to the industry. And I'd be like, no, he's not allowed to. You're doing a solo set. Do not let right. him. Yeah. And they used to get mad at me. And I'm like, no, sorry, you've booked the girl for a solo set. She's 18 right. years old. She's new. Yeah. And you are overstepping the mark. And that's abuse. Yeah, and yeah. there was people in the UK as well that yeah. would say say to myself when I was very new and naive, oh, please do this shoot for me. Mm-hmm. And although I don't pay you up front, you'll get profits of the share and stuff. It's a load of crap. <laughs> a load yeah. of crap. I, I had yeah. to learn the hard way, but I have witnessed so much abuse going on set when somebody said no and then the performers carried on. And there's a lot of coercion on set because there was many times that I was booked out by a former agent in the UK to do just a basic boy-girl set. Mm -hmm. And you get to set and they were like, oh, no, it's an anal set. And I'm like, well, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, like, well, you're going to have to cover all the costs of this set if you're not going to do that because we booked you for this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And you were, we were persuaded. So So, I mean, did you do it or did you just leave? Um, on, on a couple of occasions, I've done it because I felt I was told yeah. if I did, if I didn't do it, I would never bother work in the industry again. I was naive. I yeah. believed them. I absolutely believed them. And looking back now, you know, at the time, I was like, oh my god, you know, I'm trying to yeah. do this to make a name for myself and sure. you know the financial awards. And I got coerced into doing stuff that I really didn't want to do. Completely. It was. Um, it's really embarrassing to actually say that now, mm-hmm. but it happens and it is always happening and it's not stopping. Mm, absolutely. And it's interesting that you're, you're such good friends with Alana because she's right there fighting for performers rights. And it's, it's, it's quite unbelievable. Absolutely. I mean, the stuff that, you know, I'm a counselor for the industry, so mm-hmm. I get to hear a lot of stuff that goes on. And sure. I, I'll tell you what's not, well known in the industry is what is consent what is coercion what is the boundaries and they need to be discussed more because there's a lot of people entering this industry and not understanding what sexual abuse is i mean people seem to think to be raped you have to be raped by a penis by a man held down against your will that's not the case a man could come up uh, you could be digitally raped you yeah and you could be uh, you can have penetrated rape Mm -hmm. um or, or rape and mm-hmm. people, that more education needs to be done inside the industry and out. 
Yeah, it's unfortunately, it's still a, a societal problem that women really don't know their rights and they don't know what to do and where to turn. And in the industry, I think that Atlanta's organization is doing a really good job of promoting themselves and letting people know that, hey, you don't have to take this. And that's the way it should be. Since since me too, and since Ron Jeremy, which I think goes along with me too, that certainly that was the adult's answer to me too, adult industry's answer to me too, it's, it's a whole new ballgame. At least it should be. Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, in 2018 was when the real Me Too movement of the adult industry started, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's still continuing. And I think more noise needs to be made yeah. from cre- – and, and I do believe that porn companies, you know, should give out some advice directly to performers. And I think mm-hmm. that they need, to t- they need to take some more responsibility because yeah. stuff is still happening on set. Yeah. And Al- yeah. Al- Alana's fam- fabulous raising her voice, you know, getting people to hear. And I stand by Alana and APAG, and I always will. We need more unions like that around the world. Oh, we do. We need more support for, for APAG as well. I did an interview recently with Todd Spates of Yanks Cash, and it was interesting because what they were doing 20 years ago in terms of exactly what is expected of the scene, putting it on paper and having the model sign it and the, and the producer sign it, what's consent, you know, what are you consenting to? They started that 20 years ago and now because of Ron Jeremy and because of other things that have happened, it's really becoming the industry norm to have that kind of thing. And I think that's fantastic. It is. I mean, on the APAC website, they have um, an actual consent form of mm. what you will, we, what, and it's called the Benz list. And it's what you will and will not do. And every performer should be filling that in. Um, and every producer should be offering that form to actors and actresses. There's, yeah. you know, in any job you go to, you have to follow um, policy and procedures. Yep. And guidelines, and there's no reason for the porn industry not to have their own, and it needs to be brought into the workplace. Yeah, and I mean, every website has terms and conditions. Well, they need to have that for their performers. Absolutely. There's, there's Just because it's, you know, working for another company, they have to understand that that company still has a duty of care to the performer, and they, have, they should be having liability insurance. Mm-hmm. Because... One thing I do know is that many porn producers do not have insurance. Oh, sure. And that needs to change because individuals that are working as self-employed in this industry are also not getting their self-covered with public liability, and they should. Oh, yeah, definitely. And health insurance. And And health insurance, absolutely. And what people don't understand is that under that public liability, it will also cover you for legal, and that will help you bring a case against somebody if something happens. Right. Because in the United States, unlike you know Great Britain, there is no national health care. And well, I'm 65 now, so I get it. But that's because I'm old. I don't think 65 is old. No, I don't either. But uh, uh, some days don't, act, don't, don't tell me that. Anyway, <laughs> so do you believe there are other Ron Jeremy's out there who should be brought to justice? Absolutely. There are loads out there. You know, there's there's companies like uh, Legal Porno in the in Europe 
I have had to pick up the pieces of the abuse that one girl suffered so bad that um, mm. she she really had to have serious medical attention mm-hmm. and there was no responsibility. So do I think that companies or individuals, yes, they all should. There are Ron Jeremy's still out there getting away with everything mm. and ones that take their character outside of the work set. Mm-hmm. And they, but they, they, unfortunately, what has happened is that some people stay in character for so long it becomes their normal. Yeah. It's kind of like NFL players who their job is to commit violence on the field. And unfortunately, a lot of those guys stay in their professional character in their personal lives. I just read today about another NFL player who is um, being faced with an abuse charge. Actually, it wasn't a, an abuse charge against a woman. I think it was just a number of players in Las Vegas who beat up some people. And it's really the same thing in porn, isn't it? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. It is exactly the same thing. And sure. it, needs to, it needs to stop and it needs to stop fast. Personally, I'm, I'm in a position where I think the whole industry needs to be cleaned up. It really does. And I mean, it, the thing is with it in England is a, there is no legal requirement to do many things, which, mm. you know, you're not required. It's not treated as a professional workplace. Therefore, it's hard to um, monitor. Yeah. You know, I know people that were doing porn at 17 years old and the producers knew they were 17 years old. That's terrible. And yeah. so, so I, I am total belief that there needs to be some structure put around people that participate and produce pornography. Well, if you do that in the States and you get caught, uh, you're in big trouble. Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, you've had your... As it should set. be. Yeah, and, and absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm inclined to say the age limit does need to be raised. Yeah, I think, it, I think I agree with you, and I was just thinking about that, that in adult we probably should be looking at 21 because just the age of consent should not necessarily be the the age that they should be able to shoot an adult. Completely. And the reason why that is, is they're not mature enough and their brains aren't developed enough to understand mm-hmm. the long-term um, implications. Yeah. And while the brain is still developing, acting on certain situations can leave you with feelings of shame, guilt, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety. And I think that... Mm. I think the age should be up to 21. It makes perfect sense. It really does. It it certainly does. So the only possible good news I can think of out of the entire Ron Jeremy story is that porn has finally started to clean up its act on set. Now, certainly not all male performers, as you just alluded to, uh, did the things he did, but there are no doubt a decent amount of it going on besides with Jeremy. I mean, how does that make you feel? You know, I mean, there is some relief that things are getting done. and mm-hmm. But I f- there's still such a long way to go because you've also got some guys from the industry who seem to think that, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But this industry has mm-hmm. been broken for decades. Yeah. There's many things that's broken about the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, there are some things and some people contributing to helping the porn industry clean up its acts. But there is such a long way to go, and it needs to be a participation of all people involved. Absolutely. Because it's, it's going to keep going on otherwise. There's some, yeah, nothing will change. Yeah, Nothing will change. And unfortunately, old habits die hard, um, or they don't die at all. 
Yeah, exactly. Because what will happen is one generation of performer will pass these habits down to the next generation of performer and the bad actors, quote unquote, will still be there. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that need to be cleaned up, and it's not just from the industry. I mean, I'll, I'll mention our National Health Service in the UK. Now, for mm-hmm. people to get their STI certificates to be able to participate in pornography, they're getting them free of charge from our National Health Service, mm-hmm. which, to, which to me is crazy because, you know, let's be realistic. Not everybody in porn pays tax and national insurance. <laughs> and and public health money should be used for public health money, not not for your profession. Every other person that you know is required to be self-employed have to have their own insurance. But in pornography, they don't. But they want to get treated the same. You know, if you want to have a health check to take part in your employment, don't rely on it to be free. You have to invest in yourself, just like insurance. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, and- I, absolutely. There does need to be. I mean, insurance is something that there's not an, uh, a lot of. But unfortunately, I go to the trade shows and I don't see insurance people there. And boy, I think it's an opportunity. I think it's a big opportunity. I mean, I'm I'm a counsellor and I have to have insurance to be able to um, counsel people. And we have to have like a 10 million public liability stuff. And that's just talking to somebody. So if you're actually having sex with somebody, get some public liability insurance if it's for work. Yeah, absolutely. So so that's my belief is – you know, if you decide to take on this work, be aware of the consequences. Right. Um, you know, there, there are short-term rewards financially. You'll be popular. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you get to sexually experiment. But also, you have to think about the long-term implications. You need to be covered. No, you absolutely you do. You absolutely do. So yeah. you work with performers as a counselor in the UK. What kinds of challenges do you run into on a daily basis? Oh, my God, the backstabbing of the industry. There's a lot of that going on. It is unbelievable. Lack of pay mm. because some com- some people have worked for, you know, for such companies and then they don't get paid. I mean, in my day, we wouldn't work unless a check was on the table. Good. Um, you know, that's what we've done. But a lot of these performers, yeah, they're, they're getting – they're worried so much about their reputation and not their character. Now, for me, you never put your reputation before your character because – why worry about what other people say and not worry about what you think of yourself? And this is a lot of stuff I cover quite a lot on actually a daily basis as I have to reassure performers that it doesn't matter what other people think of them. It's about how they are mentally themselves and look at themselves. Because if you worry about your reputation and not your character, you're, you're, it's going to be a dark journey. I, I understand, definitely. So what changes do you think the adult industry still needs to make when it comes to how performers are treated? Well, treated by who? People in the industry or people outside the industry? Both. Okay, so within the industry, that you know, they are just not another byproduct to use as you wish. So producers should be laying out the pros and cons of taking on such a job. And I think, again, there needs to be more education on reputation versus character. Yes. And I think that, that you know, I'm always available to adult performers um, and any kind of sex worker that feel that they are losing their identity within the porn industry. Hmm. And and APAC, you know, they inform models that they are there to help them, and we are. And sometimes it is about, you know, hearing some home truths that people don't like, but you have to hear them. And what happens with a lot of people in pornography is they think the whole world's against them, but they're not. 
Mm. And that's because people within the industry say, oh, well, once you've done porn, you'll never be good at anything else. Or once you've done porn, other people are going to judge you. There's no building people up in the industry. It's only knocking them down. Mm. And that I, I'm seeing that happen way too often. I haven't heard that, but it's. I'm sure you're facing it. So in your way. Oh, yeah. And, and that totally needs to change. I mean, I, I just bit the bullet and wasn't worried about my reputation. And I knew that I could build on my character, become educated and actually go into mainstream TV, which I mm-hmm. did very well. Yeah. I've now you know, written an education program on the myths and reality of porn. And, you know, I'm giving that massive talk on Monday afternoon, but I go through it today. It's, things need to be done from each side. Now, if you're in the porn industry, you seem to think you're being attacked all the time. That's not that's not the case. Now, with the two-age verification, it was online. That was not directed just at the porn industry. That was directed at all over 18 services, like buying alcohol online right. or getting over 18 movies that may not be porn-related, buying mm-hmm. online games. It wasn't just against the porn industry. So they've got to stop looking at themselves as Well, and I will tell you one thing. In the U.S., the Republicans in Congress and, and the Senate are definitely going after porn. That is the target. Yeah, I mean, I know that in the U.S. it's much different. In the, in England, they can't actually bring that in unless they target all over 18 markets. Uh-huh. Got it. Um, and, and they have to treat it fairly. They can't be seen to victimize in one particular industry. But I also think that in England, licensing should be brought in, whereas if you're going to produce pornography, you should have to have a license. You know, in America, strippers need a license to strip. And then also that, you know, the tax information office have that as well. And then it will seen, be seen as more of a legitimate um, industry. That's true. So, I haven't heard of any country that does that, really. No, they don't. And I, and I, you know, in America, you guys, you know, if you want to be a stripper, you need a license. In mm. Australia, if you work in a bar, you need to have a license. Interesting. Um, and so I think that anything that is entertaining, anything of the adult industry then that needs to be considered. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no doubt about it that the religious right is after the adult industry, and especially in the United States, it's it's just really bad. Well, you know, to be honest with you, it's not much different in the UK. There are certain people that want to go after the industry, and there's other ones that are like, look, okay, it's, it's, it's affecting children and it's affecting their reality of what sex is and it's affecting their relationships. That's all very true. But parents need to be educated about pornography and how to discuss it with their children. Just the same they do with alcohol, smoking mm-hmm. and accessing violent movies, etc. You know, it's cinema. It, to, be, to watch an 18 film, they're going to ask you for ID. You know, it's part of the over 18 oh, adult I, entertainment I mean, I, I, mean I, have to tell you, I have to tell you, I have always been in favor of age verification. However, the way that it's being put out by the right wing in the United States is meant to harm us, not necessarily yeah. to verify people's ages. So it's really our fault if we had self-policed and come up with our own age verification 10, 15 years ago, like we should have, 20 years ago even, then they would have nothing to say. But unfortunately, we did not. So there's also self-regulation that should be done. But the problem is that the companies, they can't agree on anything. So that's the biggest biggest issue. And when you mention self-regulation to some people that are either still in the industry or have been, they're like, oh, well, we manage ourselves," And I'm like, well, actually, you yep. proved you don't. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's, exactly. it's proven. And 
you know, people seem to think that the police are against pornography. No, they're not. No. They're against trafficking and people forced into it, but they're not against sex work. And, and I work but, beside the police. But I mean, but trafficking into pornography is largely a myth. It's totally a myth. Absolutely. And there's no such thing as child pornography because no child can consent to taking part in the purpose That's of making point. a movie for other adults' entertainment. And right. if you look at an explanation for pornography is two consenting adults right. making pornography for the purpose of entertainment for others. Now, mm-hmm. a, char- a child can't consent to that, so there is no such thing as child pornography. That's a very good point. So since you brought this up, I was going to ask you about it later. Uh, you wrote uh, an education program on the myths and reality of porn which you're about to present. Tell us about it. Oh, my God. So it's called the Arden Project, so TAP. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's about educating not only workplaces because there's Mm -hmm. a massive rise in people using pornography at work and abuse within, like, the NHS for one. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the one. one. It was their sexual violence prevention team that asked me Mm -hmm. to write it. And it does. It talks about the myths myths and the buzz because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of myths about pornography. And people don't cover the reality of pornography. People think everybody's abused in um, pornography. They're not. Everybody thinks a porn performer acts like that in real life. They don't. Of course. And the viewers need to start understanding that what you see in pornography is not reality. It's a performance. No, it's it's a, for the purpose of entertainment. Nobody goes around shooting. Oh, my God, I can't do say you that. Think, for, yeah, do you think what you see in Hollywood is real? No, I mean, but some people do. You know, not very, not very smart people. Yeah. Well, I actually think that on a parents' evening in all schools, parents should be invited to an education program such as what I've written on yeah. the myth and reality of pornography and how to chat to your children. Absolutely. Because because what's happening is parents are not chatting to their children, then but they're allowing their children to have unsupervised um, access on a computer, yeah. looking up looking up materials which is right. not not for their eyes, yeah. and the the parental responsibility is not there. And I think it's about time that parents actually took on um, oh, more responsibility rather 100% than leaving. That it's the parents' responsibility. If you have children that are under 18, you are responsible for the media that they consume and Absolutely. not the kids. Okay. Yes. If they can access porn on their phone, that's your fault. If they can access porn on their laptop, that's your fault. Another point I make is that every parent that has a teacher in school, if they look at look at the contract with that school, mm-hmm. the school uh, the school is legally responsible for their child between their school opening hours, and the parents don't really have much say because they yeah. will get fined if their child's not there. Right now, I actually sued my son's school because he got attacked at school, and they everybody was like, "How did you do that?" I said, "Because they had a legal requirement to protect my son." Yeah. So, you know, if if any of this stuff, and um, which it is, happening mm-hmm. in schools with people sharing um, indecent images, then the of school are responsible. Are. So parents need to start suing the schools if it's happening during school hours. Absolutely. And parents should be taking more responsibility on the education of their children. Because I don't believe that children should be educated in full length in mm-hmm. schools about you know about pornography because i right. believe that that probably is an overload of information because in schools they need to learn about healthy relationships coercion and control mm-hmm. yeah. now those those subject matters are covered in my education program and we do touch on pornography but 
it's more, I actually do feel that parents need to take more of a situation hold of it. And so does school teachers, especially the ones teaching sex education and the counsellors within schools. Mm-hmm. So the programme isn't directly aimed at me going to, into schools and teaching school children because I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is for the adults in charge and offering a duty of care to those children to take yes. this on board. But I also, do, I also do think, just like Hollywood movies, there is a statement on the front of that movie that if you copy this, it's an infringement, right? And that this movie is intended for over-18s only for the yep. purpose of for the purpose of entertainment now even porn actresses that are in the movie or porn producers need to start adding that to their online content because yeah. that is where children are accessing adult material yeah they're getting it free on on tube sites for sure can people see this presentation online not yet because it's been commissioned by the nhs so as soon as it will be i will let you know okay sounds good so with the advent of OnlyFans type sites the industry has done nothing but grow, and gosh, there's creators making seven figures a month, for God's sakes. Do you ever sit there and think maybe you were born too soon? Never. <laughs> Do you know what? Absolutely. We have to remember that with the likes of OnlyFans, there are, they have got millions and millions of members that have yeah. to work 20, 24 hours a day to make that kind of money. They lose their identity when they stay in character for that long. Interesting. And we also got to remember it's only 0.0, probably 1% making that type of money. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's small, but but as far as six figures, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. But also, you know, is it worth, you know, I mean, obviously I know the whole journey of doing this kind of work and then having to, you know, have relationships after. Right. I don't think I was born too soon, actually. I actually <laughs> was able to participate in pornography when... It was real pornography. It was like the golden era. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but now the amount of competition and the amount of workload for only fans, you need to be qualified in international marketing, business, accounting, mm-hmm. sales, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so it is not just a case of being a model or a performer anymore. Right. You have to be an all-round educated business person to be able to make money in that industry. The competition is enough to send anybody under. Um, You're, so right. No, I, You're right. I, I participated in the industry when it was fun. <laughs> okay. So you recently hit a million engagements on Twitter. First of all, I'm jealous. Um, you got to be excited about that. Oh, my God. You know, I was so I, do you know what? I was actually in shock. I think I was I was on vacation <laughs> in Australia at the time because I took my way to Australia. And somebody yeah, sent me a text going, me. you've just gone viral on Twitter. And I said, what? And they goes, yeah, you better get on there. And I could not believe it. I was like, <laughs> Jesus, shit. And then all of a sudden, I'm being contacted from news people all over the world. And I was like, look, I'm on vacation. I can't be bothered to give interviews. That's and, funny. And between me and you, I didn't even read any of the comments either. So yeah. it, it was an absolute fluke. But, oh, my God, I, it was, wow. you know, I, I can actually say I've, I've been a millionaire for one time in my life. <laughs> well, you're pretty damn well known around the world. Yeah, uh, it, I might, it might not be for necessarily what you want it to be, but a lot of people know who you are at this point. And, you know, I, I think that if nothing else, I would say that your courage in taking on uh, that monster is definitely part of it. 
Oh, well, thank you. I, I hope it inspires and helps other people. I oh, really I'm sure do. It will. Because, I'm sure it will. Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy thing to go through. No, but it, for, it inspired but me, I, I got to tell you. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, I'm kind of, um, you know, I've, I've had, I took a seven week vacation. I've come back mm-hmm. with a completely different attitude, forward focused. And I needed that because, you know, yeah. when you are, when people are going through something like this, you are in a bubble, you're not allowed to talk to anybody, yeah. but there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel and I will not be silenced anymore. Good for you. Never. And I'll support anybody else that wants to speak up. As you should. So the last time we talked, we talked about some books you were writing. How are those coming along? They are coming along really nice. Thank you. I'm actually in a meeting with a scriptwriter next week. I'm I'm getting approached by a lot of people to write advice stuff and write write several books. And now they want to turn my life into the big screen. Wow. You know, they're calling me the Erin Bokovich of pornography. Oh, holy <laughs> so. shit. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm a little bit. I'm very lucky that I'm able to keep my feet firmly on the ground. Will, I you, don't still, get over- will, you, will you still talk to me uh, after the movie's released? Oh, of course I will. You, you can come. <laughs> you can come to the red carpet in the previewing. Oh, I'll be there. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I would never change who I am. I'm. I keep my feet on the ground. You know, you're most like I'm still going to be in my pajamas by about six p.m. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I've had my taste of Hollywood. I've had my taste of international like fame, and it was exhausting. And I bet. I mean, this time round, it's a totally different attitude towards it. You know, I'm not hungry nice. for fame. It's there, but I would use it as an educational tool. Well, I enjoy yes. it absolutely. Yes, it would be wrong to do something you don't enjoy. No. So yes, I, I will enjoy every every bit of it. But or or what you or what you don't believe in. Absolutely, I would never do anything I didn't believe in. Mm-hmm. God no. Mm-hmm. But I I think there is time for a female version of um, Boogie Nights, and I do believe there is a need for a more you know, the Aaron Bokovich of porn Big needs time. to be done. Big Absolutely time. needs to be done. I mean, you, I went to see the premiere um, at the film festival of the Me Too movement by, um, you know, covering the Weinstein case. I wasn't mm-hmm. that impressed because it didn't actually give a input, really. So I'm very looking forward to sitting down with, I've got several script writers to sit down with and actually go through stuff. Yeah. I'm, That's way cool. I wish you well with it, but I know like everything else, it'll be good. I know it's going to be uh, very good. So I all I ask so. is you keep me posted and, and let me know what's going on with these these projects. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk anytime. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. And, and your questions are good. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Well, Leanne, on that note, I'd like to thank you for being back with us again today on Adult Site Broker Talk. And I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon, like you said. I hope so too. So remember, send me a link because I'll put it out on my put it out on my feeds as well. And you hear Bernie saying goodbye too. I do. Go, <laughs> say goodbye, Bernie. <laughs> I'll do that. My broker tip today is part two of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Last week we talked about converting traffic and improving the user experience. Make a good offer. If you're selling something and the offer isn't good, you won't make money. It's plain and simple as that. And if your offer is to contact you or to get more information, then make the offer attractive and easy to understand. If you're selling something, make buying easy. Show them an easy way to buy and then leave. Help them by making suggestions on what to buy. Amazon.com is the best at this. They always have suggestions on what to buy based on your buying and browsing history. They use AI to do this. 
There are AI engines available these days at a modest cost. Look into this if you can. Don't clutter up your site with unnecessary items, buttons, and images. Keep it as simple as possible. The best and most successful sites are the simple ones, the ones that lead you to take the action that you'd like them to take. It's not that hard. Just remember, when you're putting together any site, try to think through the buying process like a human being. Whatever you do, don't turn the process over to your designer. Don't just say, build me a website. What you'll get out the other end will not give you what it is you're looking for. Give the designer as much direction as possible and make it easy for them to build a site for you that makes your business succeed. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with domain expert Monty Kahn. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my special guest, Leanne Young. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. 